0: The Braves finally sweep somebody.
1: We've been trying to
0: build and, and work to get on a little run. Hopefully this is the start of a, of a nice little run. Welcome to the Braves Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter, Justin Toscano, who joins us from Denver after a historic four-game sweep by the Braves.
1: Yeah, yeah, not only their first one in franchise history at Coors Field, though that's a little misleading because they only had one other four game set here, <laughs> but four wild games in terms of we had the a lot of runs Thursday and today, um, and then we had the two pitchers duels, which you don't expect to see 0-0 going to extras and then 1-1 going to extras, but the Braves won four very different games here.
0: All right, so coming up, we will dig into the ingredients behind the Braves' best week so far and the bats that have pushed Atlanta above 500. Plus, we'll look at how the bullpen is picking up the pace, what to expect from an interesting week ahead, and, of course, the unpredictable Ask Justin segment. The Braves report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is brought to you by Kroger. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so first off, how did you grade those Rockies um, either softball or City Connect jerseys, however you choose to describe them?
1: Oh, gosh, yeah, I don't know if they were the Colorado Rockies or the Colorado Fever or something, you know, some (laughs) fast-pitched softball, um, you know, under-15 league or something like that. Yeah, I I like the concept in terms of the mountains and things like that, Um, and I guess they were trying to go with Coors Field's colors, like the green, and I guess a lot of people, they say, don't know. That's the Coors Field's official colors, which seems like poor marketing, but that's a different conversation. I would have preferred them to be purple, though. I think it'd be cool if it were purple and black, or purple and silver, or you know, somewhat of their color scheme. But I just think the green looks weird. Um, Jay, if you, if I had you get uniforms for you know a, a high school travel ball team, and that's what you came up with, uh, you probably wouldn't get to get the uniforms next year. So that's, <laughs> I think that's how I would grade them.
0: I will have more on our. Um uh, fashion decisions coming up later here in the braves report podcast but let's uh, dig into what's happened this week and the braves finally get some movement going here for the first two months of the season they couldn't win three in a row they couldn't lose three in a row and after a couple of tough losses in arizona atlanta finally gets five in a row and uh, justin i know it's the rockies but this is a will a real winning streak here and it's got to mean something right
1: 100 percent, yeah especially when they had not won three in a row uh leading up to this week it definitely means something and Look, I was there for the four games. It's going to be a long summer in Colorado. Uh, The cupboard is pretty bare here. But a win is a win is a win is a win. And this is what you're supposed to do if you're a good team. You're supposed to beat up on the teams you are better than. And the Braves have done that. And, And not only that, but this is a tough place to sweep a series just because so much can go wrong here. Uh, with the balls flying through the air that your pitching can get decimated weird plays crazy plays there's just something um, literally something in the air here you're high in the air but um, there are just so many things that can happen so the fact to me that the Braves won these games in different ways two of them with the bats two of them with the arms uh, and the bullpen was great throughout I think there's a lot of legitimacy to this four-game series sweep And, and look winning five in a row that's never a fluke. Um, It's tough to get lucky and do that. So yeah, this is definitely legitimate. Um, And the Braves should feel good, especially because they had come into this road trip not having won three in a row. They go lose two games, two bad losses. The second one was a brutal one in Arizona. And then respond to win five in a row. This definitely means something. uh, They're on a roll and and now they kind of hit an off day that they've definitely earned.
0: Braves are above 500 now for the first time since they went 2-1 on April the 9th. And the bats are getting better. Here's Brian Snicker.
1: That's always a good thing when, you know, you talk about different guys in the lineup, different guys out of the pen, the starters, all that, where guys are all being, you know,
0: getting involved, and um, and, and that's a really good thing when you can get something like that going. Of course, the Colorado bump helps here. But last two weeks, last 15 games, the Braves are fourth in the National League in runs, second in average, third in OPS. Why is the offense approving?
1: Well, one, the situational hitting has just gotten a lot better. I think they've been better in those at-bats. And Austin Riley said something of the team in general, but I think that applies to these situations uh, after one of the games here in Colorado, that guys are just staying within themselves and trying to play their own game, not trying to do too much. I think there's a lot of trust in that lineup in terms of passing the baton and letting the next guy do something. um, And another thing I have for you here is the two-out runs, uh, the Braves in the series finale victory um, to sweep Colorado Seven of those eight runs came with two outs, um, and six of those were RBIs. Uh, and I think that's been huge for them to be able to keep innings alive, to string things together, to demoralize other teams, to really pump themselves up. Um, heading into today, the Braves at 101 runs were tied for sixth in all of baseball with two out runs. Um, and so, and their 258 batting average, I think, is what it was in those spots was the best in the majors, um, heading into today. So I think that has a lot to do with it, that finally they're stringing things together. They're keeping innings alive. And really that third out has been difficult for opposing pitchers. Um, and then you look at the lineup in general, you had a couple guys clicking in the first two weeks, a couple more in the next two weeks, Dansby Swanson in the last month. Now you've got Ronald Acuna, um, Ozzie Albies had a couple big hits here. Uh, Matt Olson had a couple huge home runs in the road trip. Um, and then you've got, you know, still Austin Riley, still Dansby Swanson, Marcelo Ozuna, William Contreras. You're not always going to have all nine guys clicking at the same time, but the Braves have more than two of them right now, and that's been huge. You mentioned Austin Riley.
0: You know, it's just being able to, on a daily basis, repeat the same swing. Um, and, and, you know, that's what I'm doing right now. I've, I've got a
1: good routine that... You know, Mags and Sitzer and and Brumley and I—you know—kind of all you know put together, and and, you know, it it feels good right now.
0: Maybe it's just me, but when Austin Riley's hot, I think he's got the prettiest right-handed swing in all of baseball, and right now he is hot.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he's sizzling right now. Um, And that, yeah, it's a sweet swing, very smooth, and he really puts a hurtin' on a ball. And it's—it's funny because he was one of those guys. (laughs) and I think we'll talk a little bit more about scouting in general later in this episode, but he was one of those guys that was a pitcher coming out of high school, and he wanted to catch, and he wanted to catch, and he wanted to catch, and he told them he'd do anything to, you know, he wanted to play a position, and he told them he would do anything to play a position, and when they talked to him after his last, you know, high school playoff game, it was, well, I'll I'll be the catcher if that gets me on the field. Uh, I think that has worked out because, as you said, this is a guy who – last year finished with, you know, seventh in MVP voting um, in the National League, and this year has not really missed a beat. He's had a a week or two where he's been pretty cold. Otherwise, he's been hot the entire time, Um, and that's huge because they really need those guys in the middle of the lineup hitting and at the top of the lineup now uh, hitting, and and he's one of those that can change a game with a swing, Um, and he's always going to be, you know, whether runners are on base or not. I mean, you've got to worry about that bat if you're an opposing pitcher, Um, and he – might be, you know, he is definitely one of those critical pieces to how their offense goes.
0: Six homers for Riley in the last 15 days. He's hitting three forty nine. Just behind him, hitting three forty eight is Ronald Acuna. He's um, swinging about really well, and I just was sitting there thinking he hadn't hit a homer in a while when he hit that one, you know. So um, it's good to see. Yeah, so his last homer was May the 7th. So since May the 8th, Acuna and Albies until today had combined hit zero home runs. So at least there's some room for growth there in the power department.
1: A hundred percent. And then you add in Adam Duvall, who before Saturday hadn't homered since May 8th. So there's there's a lot that can go well for the Braves if if those three start to show some better power numbers. And Acuna certainly reminded us uh, today with kind of one swing of the bat, that 441 foot home run, you know, halfway up the left field seats. That was that was one. If you're an outfielder, uh, you don't move on because you don't have to. And that drew a lot of oohs and ahs. you know, in the, the crowd because it was just crushed. Um, But Ronald Acuna, so far, it's almost as he goes, this offense goes. Um, The one big difference that I think we've seen, you know, in in terms of the Braves' offense is that, sure, these guys are settling into the season. They're finding their rhythm. um, Everything is normal now. They're really settling in. But, two, they have Ronald Acuna on an almost daily basis, and he impacts the game in tons of ways, whether that's, you know, whether the legs on an infield hit or something – or hitting balls to the gap. So even if he's not homering, he's just such a big spark for this lineup uh, that they cannot afford to lose. Um, and so, yeah, he's, he's been terrific, and that's another huge change for them over the last month or so.
0: Can you describe uh, the reasons behind Ozzy's power outage?
1: <sighs> it's tough. Yeah, it's difficult. And I, I, I don't know, but he's all, you know, he's a lot of people have mentioned, I, I know this goes around social media, and it, it is noticeable during games. He swings a lot early in counts. And I haven't looked at the specific numbers, so that might be a tad anecdotal. But it's difficult to describe, especially because earlier in the season, he had one of those runs in the first week of the season where it seemed like he was homering every day. He's had a few of those in his career, had a couple of them last year, actually. Um, And it's difficult to explain why he's not hitting for power right now. But he's had a few big hits here and there. Um, You have to think it'll come around, though.
0: Shifting now to the other bright spot in this Braves' five-game winning streak, and that's the bullpen and your your notebook on Sunday on AJC.com sports leads with the pin, and now they're first in the National League in ERA, first in average against, second in strikeouts, third in whip.
1: We're deep. We can all, we can all pitch. I when you forget, you got a guy, 15-year veteran down there like O'Day. He's, you know, you don't think about him coming in and necessarily coming in in, in those big situations uh, this season, but... Dude's as capable as anybody in baseball about getting outs on both sides of the play.
0: That's Colin McHugh, who's really settled in now and kind of become the pitcher that Atlanta thought and has really helped them survive a couple of blows.
1: A 100%. Uh, when we talked on this podcast about losing Tyler Matzik after losing Luke Jackson, it had to be Colin McHugh who stepped up because Spencer Strider's a rookie. Kenley Jansen's the closer. Uh, Will Smith has been up and down, and his, you know, regardless of a decent ERA, uh, his FIP isn't good, um, and then it's it's got to be McHugh. He's the guy who's versatile. You can pitch him in a high leverage spot. You can pitch him in the fifth when you need two innings. Um, he's super versatile, and I, I think he's really settled in. And it's he is a perfect microcosm of the depth and versatility of this bullpen in the sense that, as he mentioned, you know, making a great point there, Darren O'Day pitched the ninth inning, you know, in, in a tie game on Saturday to push that thing to extras. Uh, that's thirty nine year old Darren O'Day who. Was theoretically a non-roster invitee um, to spring training, though he was, you know, expected to make the team. Was theoretically a guy with an invite to spring training, um, and so, I mean, Darren O'Day is another one of those guys with the versatility. They've got a lot of this, and they've lost Luke Jackson, they've lost Tyler Matzik, and now they've lost Spencer Strider to the rotation, um, at least for now. Kenley Jansen at one point had blown three of his, you know, last six save opportunities. Will Smith has been, you know, has walked the tightrope. It is incredible how this bullpen is kind of held serve, and I think that's because you have different guys perform in different roles, whether that's Jackson Stevens in extra innings or Jesus Cruz whenever they need to eat innings or Colin McHugh for two innings here um, or one up down, whatever it might be. They really have a lot of versatility in there, and that's going to serve them well because as you look toward the playoffs, and you got to get there first, but the successful teams are the ones that can really just swing open that bullpen gate and give you something different, give you something deadly each time out, uh, and The Braves look like one of those teams, and the fact that their bullpen is held serve has been a very, very good sign throughout this part of the season. Now, one important thing I feel like we should mention is that they're doing a great job of spreading the wealth over there, um, doing a great job of staying away from guys. They're pretty much middle of the pack, depending on which day you choose to look up the split, 15th or 16th or 14th and, you know innings logged by relievers uh, by a bullpen. So they haven't been overworked. Um, They're not beleaguered. Uh, They've pitched, you know, a decent amount, and they've had some great games, like Saturday's game. But they're not, you know, Brian Snicker's not running guys out there and having to throw their arms off. I think that's been big for them now, and that'll be big for them come August and September when other bullpens that have been used more are starting to wear down.
0: Can you explain why Jansen's given up uh, runs in five of his last eight outings?
1: Yeah, that one's tough. I mean, it's... I think Brian Snicker always says it's the life of a closer. Uh, it's never going to be perfect. And look, like, he just isn't, Kenley Jansen isn't what he was five years ago. Um, and that's to be expected, you know, but the cutter's still there. Um, he's just, you know, I I think he's gotten a little unlucky in a couple of those, like the Milwaukee one. That was a great pitch that, um, that Colton Wong hit to tie the game. Uh, but I mean, I think it's, you know, just a matter of keeping that cutter out of the plate. Um, and it, you know, it still moves. Like, I still think his stuff is kind of there, but it's, it's that. And it's, to me, it's like the walks or just, you know, falling behind things like that, um, that have hurt him a little bit, but you know, I think he'll be fine just because he was so good to start the season. This is just things closers go through. Like you're seeing, you know, everybody, but Josh Hader, uh, to this point has gone through this.
0: The Braze Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is brought to you by Kroger and Schools Out. Summertime's officially here, and that means you can count on Kroger for big fun in the summer sun. Kroger has deals on all your cookout essentials and get up to 40% off at Kroger on patio furniture, summer decor, summer toys, and more. So look for tags for savings at your local Kroger store or visit Kroger.com. Now, this continues our streak of speaking about Spencer Strider, the Braves Report podcast. But we we have news, of course. He finally made it into the rotation, which Braves fans have been begging to see. Two outings this week, eight in the third innings, four earned runs, and twelve strikeouts. You guys talk
1: about outings, good or bad, leaving it kind of in the past and moving forward. What's your process for extrapolating, like what you need to know from an outing mm. and then moving forward?
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's multi-step for sure. I mean, I uh, I already jotted down everything I. You know all the curse words I wanted to say to myself on paper, so they're they're you know immortalized now. Um, and then just subjective thoughts coming out of the game when the, when the mind's still fresh, and I'll go back and watch it and talk about it. And, um, that's the nice thing about starting; cause you got plenty of time to prep for the next one. And um, but I I don't think it's going to be a huge adjustment. I think you know like I said, I'm confident my command's better than I showed tonight, and, and um, my tempo's been good. And so um, I think just trusting myself, trusting my stuff, and not trying to get too complicated. And, Sort of steer things back into what I'm good at, and and just trust the next outing. So how did you think he pitched this week?
1: Oh, I, th- I thought it was fantastic. A lot to like. Um, now you don't like the five walks on Saturday, but let's let's take this first to Memorial Day in Arizona. Um, you read his line. The, those four, you know, those earned runs. It, he should not have allowed any earned runs in an ideal world in Arizona. And for those who watched the game know he was severely hurt by his defense and let down by that defense, whether it be, you know, um, Ozuna's play, uh, and left or, you know, lack of one or the, you know, Olson kind of trying to get out too early on that, the second end of that double play ball. Um, and those runs were charged to Strider. He was great. Like what we saw in Arizona was a much improved changeup and the confidence to throw it. Um, and then what we saw on Saturday was like, hey, when this guy didn't have his best stuff when he got away from himself, he still only allowed one and run. and oh, by the way, and I guess significant of those command issues, that one and run was on a wild pitch. So it's not like he was getting hit around. Um, I mean, he was no hitting the Rockies through three with four walks. but the walks have to improve. Um, and I think what the the positive to that is that, he really explained it as something where he didn't throw many sliders in Arizona. Uh, he threw mostly that changeup along, you know, with the fastball. Of course, he's a fastball guy. He felt like he got away from his fastball on Saturday. He from the pen, from his bullpen on, you know, pregame bullpen on. He tried to work in the slider, tried to make sure it felt good, was really focused on that. Got away from the fastball a little bit, and then he said, you know, that hurt him because he wasn't locating sliders consistently, um, and that really hurt him when he couldn't, you know, land two in a row, um, and he'd have you know one good one, one bad one. And that really hurts. So I think, if from that perspective, if it if really is that, and that's what he seems to think it is, um, that it should be an easy command, you know, fix for the command issue. Because he's a guy who just pitches. He's a guy who goes right after you with that fastball, and he's going to let you have it and let you try to swing it, you know, try to hit it. Um, I really liked what I saw because the strikeouts were still there, the composure was there. Uh, he was never outclassed. Um, and yes, walks and command has been an issue from that fifth spot but he was nowhere near you know, getting damaged like a couple of the other options we've seen in that fifth spot. Uh, and I think the Braves are in good hands so far and they can keep evaluating this thing and, and let them run with it if they want to.
0: Now, the other rookie, of course, is Michael Harris, who has shown plenty of confidence since his debut. Felt, it felt normal. I felt like I belonged there and I was just trying to go out there, and have fun and compete. What do you think of his first week?
1: Terrific. Yeah, it was it was really good. Uh, You talk about, you know, the kid gets his first hit, um, you know, in his debut, his first career hit, goes a little cold for, you know, a couple games, and everybody's like, well, you know, they don't know what to expect from him. Then he ends the week on a five-game hitting streak, Um, and he showed, you know, he displayed his wheels on the bases and made multiple, you know, probably three or four terrific plays in center field, and then a couple others that he made look easier than they were in terms of tracking balls down. His instincts are incredible. Just the jumps he gets, uh, he's such a natural out there. Um, you can tell he's a natural athlete with the jumps and his range. Um, the athleticism is incredible. And then, you know, at the bottom of the lineup, providing speed, providing, you know, a little bit of pop, he he hits balls hard. Um, he's stung in a 108-mile-per-hour double, you know, on Saturday. Uh, he's coming around to the plate. Has made kind of a little bit of an adjustment there that they've, you know, mentioned he's made. Um, I think it was a really good week. And the positive being this, uh, no matter if he, you know, it's a bonus if he can give you some more than Travis Demerrit did. And Demerit was hot for a couple of weeks and severely cooled down. But Michael Harris in center field just makes your outfield defense that much better and gives you kind of makes you a little more multiple out there. And what I mean by that is, you know, you've got Acuna in right, and then it allows you to push Duvall to left. Um, and it gives you a little more options because if you have a center fielder, you can p- even put Heredi in a corner, or things like that, instead of having him play center field. They just have more options there. And the outfield defense has been much improved over the last week because Michael Harris has been out there and Duvall can, you know, kind of play a more natural corner, even if he played a, a pretty good center field for, you know, most of his time out there before Harris was called up. I think it was a really successful first week.
0: Now, one of the themes of the season has been how quickly the Braves have needed some of their tough prospects. Strider was drafted in the fourth round in 2020. Bryce Elder in the fifth round that year. Michael Harris in the third round of 2019. So that is... Not a lot of professional experience at all from those three guys, including the games they lost because of COVID, but Atlanta has needed them. So, Justin, you had a chance to catch up with Dana Brown, the Braves former director of scouting, on how they operate and how they pulled this off.
1: Yeah, well, I would say it starts with, you know, Atlanta's history of
0: uh, being dedicated to signing good young players. And they've always been dedicated to it. So that makes it, that opens up a door for us to, to walk through and say, hey, these. They're supportive and us doing our jobs, and they're going to put together all the resources that they have to sign these players. And here's minor league hitting instructor Greg Walker. They've done real well at it, and uh, it's the lifeblood. You know, it's it's what they always say, scouting's the lifeblood of an organization. But, uh, you know, player development has done a great job as well. You know, I'm proud of that as well. But, yeah, um, you know, we knew when we started this rebuild years ago that it was going to be, you know, draft-driven. And uh, you know those high draft picks, they're you know you just can't miss on them. And uh, you know, luckily we, they've done a, you know the scouting directors between Bridgie and Dana, they did a great job of, of picking the ones that they did, and it's you know it's paying off for us. Now, some organizations are not quite as dedicated to scouting anymore. Where do the Braves fall?
1: Yeah, the Braves still are, and I think you know they have to be they have to be seen um, as one of the better organizations in terms of amateur scouting, uh, that there are around. I mean, because it's been so strong you, and it just takes one look at the major league team to figure that out. Uh, the Greg, you know, Walker said it best walk said just, you know, you can't miss on those. And, and that's imperative, but in baseball, it's easier to miss on those because in baseball, you, the first five picks of the draft, you know, you might have some good idea of who they're going to be. But you're projecting guys three years in the future, two years in the future. Uh, Michael Harris is about as quick as they came, you know, to the major leagues, and he was still drafted three years ago. So you're that makes it difficult, um, and that makes it even more imperative that you're doing, you know, the work on these guys and really like you can't miss. Uh, but it, it can be easier to miss than in football or basketball, just by virtue of the way those sports are set up. Um, there aren't, you know, any in baseball sometimes the can't miss talent, uh, is a can miss talent, you know, as it turns out after a few years and, and you can't, you can't miss on those. So now it's, you have, you know, Austin Riley and they were good on Austin Riley, letting him, you know, converting him to a hitter, letting him hit, uh, they did the same thing with Michael Harris, you know, and now that, you know, Spencer Strider was drafted in 2020, uh, completely rebuilt, you know, his arm action, um, after Tommy John and his became Spencer Strider, Bryce Elder, somebody who's, you know, a college pitcher, but, obviously had enough pitch ability to play at this level. Um, You've got Ian Anderson from the previous regime. You've got Kyle Wright from the previous regime. You have all these guys that are contributing to the major league team now. Um, And Atlanta has to be, uh, you know, I think is definitely seen as one of the better scouting organizations in baseball because you look at that and that rebuild was a lot, you know, scouting driven. Sure. You have the international signings of Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Alves, of course, but, You know, you have a lot of pieces there that you drafted and in baseball, you need that because unless you're willing to spend a billion dollars and heck Steve Cohen and uh, the Dodgers might be willing to do so, you know, other teams aren't unless you're willing to spend that you're not going to be able to with the way baseball's economic system is build, you know, a great team without the draft.
0: Now, the Braves Report podcast and all of our Braves coverage would not be possible without your subscriptions to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And, and Justin, how much does it make your work better to to be on the ground with the team no matter where they are every day?
1: Yeah, that's that's something that is a bazillion times better um, than you know if I were to do it from my couch or, or at home. I think it allows you to not only build those relationships on the ground but to use your eyes, ears, and, and some of that feel to tell some different stories that maybe – you know, fans wouldn't know about. And I think that's really, I really enjoy about the job is the opportunity when you're on the ground to peel back the curtain and take fans kind of behind the scenes a little bit because fans deserve to know everything going on. I mean, we we can't do it without subscriptions, obviously. So if you would like to subscribe, that is a great deal. If you have subscribed, thank you so much. Um, But it makes the work a bazillion times better. And the proof was in the pudding of the COVID season and 2021, where not a lot of people are traveling. And I think the coverage, and everybody will tell you this, greatly suffered in uh, all outlets, on all beats in this country.
0: And if you're not subscribing, we do have a deal for you, as Justin mentioned. Right now, one twenty-five a week for the next eight months. That's the next 32 weeks to get all of our journalism at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. That is re- half off our regular digital offer. So sit, take advantage of this deal and go to subscribe.ajc.com slash That That is subscribe. AJC.com slash season pass for our best deal for Braves fans. Now let's take a quick look around the league. And Braves go five and two out west, but they do not get any help from the Dodgers who split with the Mets. The lead is now eight and a half. Where should that number be by the All-Star break for Atlanta to feel like they, they're in it?
1: Uh I think it's got to be five and a half. You you know, I think it's gotta be five and a half or or five for the Braves to feel like they're in it. Uh we've seen the Mets collapse before. All it takes is you sweep a team and the Mets, you know, lose two or three, and then you win two or three, and the Mets lose two or three. That's all it takes. So I think you got to be around five, four and a half, even you know, even five and a half. If the Mets are going to collapse, you know, you can't be eight and a half, nine and a half, ten and a half back. And now we've seen those crazy runs in September, but I think this year with this Mets team, uh, they haven't shown a ton of weaknesses. You got to get that number to five or five and a half or four and a half.
0: You surprised that uh, Philly ran out of patience with Joe Girardi and gave him the sack?
1: No, no, because because Philly, that's a market where, as a manager, you're always going to kind of look over your shoulder. Um, and I'm not surprised because the not only did they lose games in the last two weeks, but the manner in which they lost them was really ugly, uh, gut wrenching, brutal, um, and just a lot of the mistakes occurring. Um, that that ultimately is going to fall on a manager. But let's make it clear, I don't think it's Joe Girardi's fault. I think anybody who's watched the Phillies uh, knows that they were not built to be a defensive juggernaut. And And they're not. Right, exactly. And their bullpen, uh, it's probably going to allow some more runs. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) It's Um, it's not a great bullpen. Those things, a manager can't control that. um, But it ultimately falls on him. That's part of the gig.
0: Up next, Two more below 500 teams for the Braves this week. They get two with the A's at home and then four with the Pirates. Tuesday, Kyle Wright will face Colt Irwin, who's actually done pretty well for the A's. And then Ian Anderson will get rookie Jared Koenig making his major league debut. And I wonder what the storyline for these two games is going to be.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It's, I don't know. There, I don't think there is one. No, I asked Matt Olson about that after the game today, and he, he kind of played it off, just saying, "Well, you know, it's cool. Um, a couple familiar faces, say hi to some guys, but other than that, um, he said it's just another baseball game." Um, and then we joked with him after that. There there are probably only a couple faces he recognizes on Open <laughs> nowadays because I mean they've they've pretty much traded everybody. You got you know Bob Melvin's gone, Ryan Christensen's gone, um, so it's it's gonna be fun. And then it'll be fun to see Christian Pache getting you know some everyday playing time. Um, see if he, you know, becomes what the Braves, you know, once thought he could be. Uh, he's going to be back um, and, you know, Braves fans, you know, a lot of them loved him. Um, so it's it's going to be a nice little reunion tour for a couple days.
0: Pache's is sitting 181 right now. you got to sort out the, the bat thing, but his glove is certainly there. Matt Olson, though, just to me, he's kind of like sneakily second now in the National League and extra base hits first and doubles just ahead of Fre- Freddie Freeman, 12th and OPS just behind Freddie Freeman. He's kind of Pulling out of that valley.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he started the season so hot, which is why I think that valley looked even worse. Because if you go through his game logs, he he doesn't seem to be, you know, he did have that big slump. But it was by no means a six-week slump or anything like that. This was, you know, he has provided value still. And I know you have some of the errors, and I get that in defensive miscues. But you're right. Like, he leads the, you know, Major League Baseball in doubles. Uh, he's shown pop. He's shown the power, um, and you know the extra base hits are going to be there. I think he's, you know, he's going to be fine. It's and then, like you said, he's kind of sneaking up on it.
0: All right, now for the what is becoming the ever popular Ask Justin segment, and I can confirm our editor in chief uh, Kevin Riley does consume the Ask Justin segment because he's quibbling with our choice of uh, lemons over lime last week.
1: Wow, wow. Well, Kevin, or Kev, Kev, Mr. Riley, which which one would you? Go uh, so, with you're since
0: in, like, you're a rookie here, it is in fact, Mr. Riley.
1: Okay, Mr. Riley, I pleasantly and politely disagree with you, but um, I'm sure we can take it, you know, take the conversation into the office at some point, um, and I'll be gladly there with my lemonade. I don't think limes can can match. All right,
0: so we take all these questions from your Twitter feed, which is Justin C. Toscano. All right, we'll start with the baseball questions, and this is from Mason Hartley. What are we going to do if Contreras keeps up this hot streak? Move Ozuna to a platoon?
1: I mean, it's going to be tough. Now, the best thing going for the Braves here is that they have the DH, uh, and it's gotta be, you know, Ozuna right now, you've got to think might just be a better hitter with the track record. Contreras is still young. Um, they'll need to see a little bit more, but it's going to be really tough because you still need Darno in there. He's been one of your better bats. Um, and I don't think the tough part is that I don't think Contreras is really a better option than Ozuna in left field. Um, so it's going to be really tough. The Braves' defensive outfield is, is better with other players, um, and I think you know it's it's going to be it's going to be close. It might be close to a platoon if Contreras keeps this up for another month and Ozuna struggles.
0: All right, next up, Larry Frank. Do you think they can catch the Mets?
1: I do. Yeah, honestly, I, I do. It doesn't look like it right now. But I think crazier things have happened. Now, what hurt them is that the Mets were down in two games against the Dodgers, the final two of the series, and the Dodgers blew those leads. Um, So that would have helped a little more with the Braves winning two. I think they can, though, just because we've seen stranger things happen with the Mets. I'll kind of believe it when I see it. Sometimes it seems like they're cursed. The Braves um, have played a lot of good opponents thus far, and the Mets, you know, before this Dodgers series hadn't really – Played many, um, and it seems like the Braves have gotten those out of the way. I think they can catch him.
0: I don't know how to really pronounce this Twitter handle, but we will ask the question, and it is a good one. What's the status of Eddie?
1: Yeah, so Eddie is actually hitting in the cage and throwing right now. So doing some light baseball activity there. Uh, it seems like the timeline might still be the same. Um, originally, it was eight to 12 weeks, uh, but the fact that he's hitting um, in the cage and, and throwing means that his vision has probably gotten better since the last time we talked to him. Um, but, you know, you use a little caution because until he goes out on a rehab assignment, you don't really know what you have.
0: This is from Sarah. It was from last week. We ran out of time, but we're going to get it in this time. She has a good question. Which Braves position player would you choose to pitch in the extra innings if we run out of pitchers?
1: Ooh, uh, I mean, that's got to be Austin Riley. Like, I think that guy could could huck it like i think uh you know he and michael harris are former pitchers but austin riley i think could really i mean especially because he mans the hot corner i think he could really get up there and and really put it in your face
0: what pit what uh, what position player would you bring on for the albert pujols award for most entertaining
1: Ooh, most entertaining would be the guy i think would have the most fun with it would probably be uh i would say Ozzy Albies like if you brought on <laughs> Ozzy Albies I think he would try to do something something funny with it like like when Angelton Simmons another one of those former pitcher guys you know and Angelton Simmons threw that 54 mile an hour pitch or whatever it was a couple weeks ago uh, a few weeks back yep. I think I think Ozzy Albies would give us something to laugh about
0: and or Travis Darno. Travis Darno would be good and Ozzy would be great because you don't get a lot of short pitchers
1: no, 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 no. Usually you've got to have the length uh, coming off that mound and the wingspan. Um, but no, Ozzy, Aussie would be a great one. The only thing is, is you kind of need him healthy. So you don't want him getting drilled by a <laughs> yes. comebacker. So, I mean, what about, what about William Contreras or, you know, Orlando Arcia might be a popular bet. That might be Oh,
0: the her- Heredia, Guillermo Heredia. her
1: Oh, that seat. I can't believe we left him out because I yeah. think that would be good. Now you do get a little length on your wingspan if you're hucking that thing with a you know a sword attached to the end. So well, you know I I mean, but I think he would be fun.
0: He would have a lot of fun. From at Pretty Boy Jacks, are you a peach milkshake connoisseur?
1: <laughs> um, no, I can't say I am. Um, I should probably give one of those a. A run though. I mean, you're you're from Georgia. Are those any good? Are the, those a thing? This is the first time I'm hearing about it.
0: No. Um. As southern as I am, I've never had a peach milkshake because I can't peach pass milkshake. up chocolate or vanilla. I've never never had peach milkshake, so I cannot answer that. Yeah. Question.
1: Yeah, I can't, I can't pass up chocolate or vanilla either. I'm usually like a yeah, chocolate or vanilla guy, whether that's like a milkshake, a protein shake, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I've never had a peach one, though. I don't think, is that, that that's possible?
0: You, yes, they, they make them at a, a particular, uh, no free ads, but a particular uh, chicken chain. Uh, so we'll oh, we'll add that onto the list of our fast food tour after we uh, get your um, hash browns sorted out at the other uh, place. We're not going to give a free ad to.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I no, no free ads in this. But if but if somebody working for that place
0: wants to, you know, we will certainly sell you an ad. That, rec-
1: that that recognition. Then eventually we could name you know name the place. But I think I know where you're going with that.
0: All right, and finally from Jeremy Timmerman, if you could design the Brave City Connect uniforms, what would they look like?
1: Oh <laughs> man. Um, I feel like I saw a pretty good one on social media a few weeks back. Uh, I would honestly do, there would be, okay, there would be a peach on both on, on both sides of the shoulder, and I would do a skyline, but I would do it higher than the Rockies one. And what I would do is I would do the blue for the, you know, if you're going up, the skyline would be where the blue and white mix, and I would use the blue and the white from the 1974 Hank Aaron throwbacks. And I would just put the skyline like pretty high, like where Braves is. So it's a little higher than that Rockies one. Or, or so I think, so there's not as much white if that makes sense. So we, they, they don't look like, uh, so I'm not making any of them look like uh, teenage softball players playing club softball, but I would put, yeah, i like that skyline. I would put a peach on each uh, sleeve. Um, and then, you know, who, who knows? maybe, I you know I, I couldn't even tell you maybe like you know the marta on one sleeve or something like that I don't know <laughs> throw something throw something fun on there like the marta coming I am not even I'm not even sure but I think I would definitely include the skyline cuz that's sweet
0: I I'm terrible at this but I I think it would probably have to start with like a baby blue um get up because Ooh. the braves used to have all baby blue uniforms so that maybe it would have to start there i don't know if they could get too wild with it but nike never ceases to amaze us uh, so who knows and i'm a little uh, disappointed the braves being the world champs didn't get a city connect uniform this year
1: yeah yeah that's that is that is really weird um and the funny part of that is like you mentioned nike you don't know if the braves could get a baby blue i think if boston got a baby blue if boston can look like the ucla bruins then the braves <laughs> can get a baby blue when city connect comes to atlanta
0: all right, let's wrap it up. Winners of the week.
1: Ooh, so my winners of the week, and I've been waiting two full days to say this one. Okay. Pitchers at Coors Field, who had a <laughs> great two days on Friday and Saturday. Uh, the Braves bullpen had a good series throughout. Um, starting pitching was, per, you know, pretty good. Uh, other, you know, a couple of those games. Um, yeah, so so pitchers at Coors Field this weekend won the week uh, because there were two great, you know, very well-pitched
0: games. And then the first inning Saturday, uh, Sunday ended all of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, but Coors just had to kind of give everybody a kick on the way out um, just because, you know,
0: it couldn't be three straight pitcher duels, right? Right. Uh, my winner of the week is Justin for finally discovering what the Jumbotron looks like in Denver. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was crazy. So, like, the bottom of the first comes, and, you know, Spencer Strider's warming up, and the scoreboard, you know, goes black because they're going to play something. And that's when it hit me that it's the (laughs) mountains. It's the mountains. And I could never see because the first couple games, it was always lit up. And it's hard to see that discrepancy. Now I notice it every single time. But, I, yeah, so on Saturday, I was today years old when when I learned. So I was yesterday years old, I guess now.
0: Well, we're here for the baseball knowledge, not necessarily uh, scoreboard critiques from uh, Justin Toscano. Uh, My my honorary mention, though, is uh, A.J. Minner, who's now had 18 straight appearances without giving up a run
1: yeah AJ's been, oh yeah aj's been great and the funny thing was like even in his last appearance uh when he did give one up or a run not an earned run in extra innings he got three ground balls yeah. <laughs> one of them just found outfield grass he's been tremendous uh, and he's been one of the reasons this bullpen has been as good as it's been
0: all right so we will uh wrap it up here uh please we we really can use uh, use your help here go in the podcast the best way to do this that is share subscribe follow and uh, rate and review spread the word and and pass it along if you're enjoying the show tell your friends if you're not enjoying the show tell us uh, how we can improve it because we're here to serve and uh, make these braves reports very enjoyable for you every monday so justin safe travels we'll see you back in atlanta on tuesday
1: yep yep thanks everybody for listening hang with us
0: and this is the braves report from the atlanta journal constitution when you're looking for leading cardiac treatment